Hi there, I'm Maddie Savage. Welcome back to season two of The Stockholmer, the podcast that sounds out the techies, foodies and creatives making a name for themselves in the Swedish capital. The Stockholmer. I heard a lot of female entrepreneurs here in Stockholm saying like, yeah, I feel like they don't take me serious. And to me, it's all about the attitude. And as soon as I believe in what I'm doing, it doesn't matter if I'm a guy or if I'm a girl, I'm just going to do it. That's Lisa Gautier, who's turned her passion for fashion into an app connecting shoppers with the best vintage stores across Europe. She's on a mission to make our wardrobes more unique and to help the environment along the way. The Stockholmer. So for this episode, we're at Modern Retro, one of the many vintage stores crammed into the Maria Toyet district of Stockholm. And it's piled high with 90s sneakers, some very unusual lamps, amazing battered vintage suitcases, and loads and loads and loads of clothes. And with me here is this week's guest, Lisa Gaultier, founder of a new vintage online platform, The Pasta Haters. The whole point of your app is that not just Stockholmers and people that live here, but people all over the world can get their hands on this stuff. Exactly, because the thing that happened, I lived in Berlin before and I was surrounded by even more vintage stores, but somehow I was not really interested in going there. But I remember like one store I was uh, shopping when I was in Paris, or one that I saw when I was in Copenhagen, and I wanted to be able to reach them out without necessarily having to travel because I didn't have the time, neither the financial resources. And I thought, how can we try to connect those, uh, those stores on one platform so people can actually buy from everywhere in the world? So how does the app work? How does, you know, say this pair of, we've got a pair of 90 sneakers here, Converse, how is someone going to be able to buy them in London, Amsterdam, New York? So we, we uh, handpick the, the store we're working with. So when we decide to work with them, we give them 100% trust because we know they have great uh, inventory, they have great products. And from there on, we say we give them the choice to say, hey, we want your five best products, send it to us and we'll take care of that. Uh, but in the, in the near future, we will actually give them an application so they can also upload product directly to the app. We have the product on the app and people can like check them up and uh, when they decide to buy it, uh, we, the store gets a notification and can send it to their new owner. We actually work more in the, in the idea of having a lot of stores from everywhere in the world and that's for us the most interesting part of the, the business. Uh, if you want to talk about the, mod- the business model, uh, and then and that's also the reason why we decided to have like few fewer product, but uh, but rather really building a community. But you're taking a cut from each store that uploads items. Exactly. There is actually a lot of uh, apps that does this between individuals, and we decided to go for the professionals and the vintage stores. Um, so that's uh, that's the difference. Yeah. Tell us about the name of your brand then, the Pasta Haters. You don't want everyone to have to basically starve and eat on pasta in order to, to be able to buy the things they want. Exactly. The, I, I wanted to have something that people re- react to, which means that I thought, okay, what is the worst thing you do for, for fashion or in your or things that people have to do in, to have the life they choose? And, it, and this uh, applies for students, it applies for people who like fashion, and it's the idea of, yeah, you to be able to wear what you like, to have time or good time with your friends, you need to do sacrifices, but it shouldn't be on food because food is what keeps you healthy. So do you not eat pasta at all anymore? Well, I do because I'm an entrepreneur now. <laughs> but yeah, it's not uh, not with pleasure. <laughs> what is it you love about wearing vintage clothes? Because you can see that there's, there's this genuine love f- from you about the products that you're trying to push out to, to other people through this app. 
yeah, wearing vintage, I think, feels really great. Um, because you have something that is unique that you know you're not going to cross someone in the street and be like, oh, damn it, they have, she has the same dress or the same jacket as me. And that's a really good thing. I don't mind having when I wear like, you know, pants, uh, black pants that everyone could have the same because it's a basic. But when it comes to actually the piece that you can see when you're working in the street, it could be your bag, it could be a, um, a sweatshirt, it could be a jacket. You want to be the one, you know, you, you want to have the one. <laughs> and I think when you, you believe that you found it, then it feels great. And at the same time, that doesn't impact the environment because this is also one big part of the project is to reuse clothes instead of buying new because you're going to get better quality when you go to vintage store and something that is unique. And that's, again, like a really important word for me is uh, not uh, looking like everyone else, um, which is a tendency in Sweden, but, you know... <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, you can see why it's a great place to launch this app because it's a very tech-savvy place. There's a really big second-hand scene. But as you say, there's also a huge challenge because a lot of people do dress very similarly in this city. Yeah, it is. But that's why also we look into expansion. And also, like, I mean, we've seen that there is actually a target, uh, like a type of consumer here that would be really interesting. But we have had difficulties to actually reach those people who are not necessarily in Facebook or Instagram. They're really like in this underground type of uh, network. And they're not necessarily interested to, you know, spend hours on Instagram because they have they have such a own personality and their uh, comfort in their network that they don't uh, it's difficult to reach them out but so. <laughs> and what's your goal then to try and to try and find those people those too cool for social media people basically <laughs> exactly uh, well I think the, the, what's happening is that most of them we go to events and we meet them and they're always when we can, we got the chance to talk to them and explain that they love it they're like super excited they want to know more about it so it's uh, we're going to have a lot of work into PR uh, and also you know making sure that people see us everywhere and where that we're part of this network as well because we we do care about um and i think there's also a type of network who wants to who are um, willing to spend some money in having their own style so that's really important for us as well you're so passionate about what you're doing but what drives you to take what is essentially a big risk it's always a risk launching a startup you'd work for a bunch of other startups here in stockholm here in berlin making a name for yourself and then to suddenly leave that behind and go completely solo well i thought that um now i'm quite young and if i want to do it one day maybe Today was the right time because I have, I have uh, the possibility to do it and I acquired a lot of experience or I think that it was enough experience to do that and I thought, yeah, it's, it felt just that it was the right time and um, and I, I love challenges um, and I think that's, that's a big one. So, <laughs> What was it that brought you to Stockholm in the first place? Uh, boyfriend. <laughs> that's a bit lame I'm not really but yeah you know and um, but that's actually I've always been really interested and in, um, and attracted by the Scandinavian style and uh, and I al- always knew I would end up somewhere and uh, I, I came to Stockholm with my best friend from Berlin uh, um, like two years ago and I thought okay yeah that might be it and innovation everything that I couldn't really find in Berlin because it's more service oriented and I felt like uh, Stockholm could be the next step for my career in terms of uh, innovation you are performing well in a very competitive space you've got support from sting a huge startup accelerator program here in stockholm uh, backed by big business angels in sweden you're getting mentorship and coaching and you've got a desk at sup 46 which is one of the big startup hubs here in stockholm so was it right you were one of eight companies out of 170 applications last year to to get a spot what did you have to do or what do you think you had to do to 
to guarantee that. So and one one thing that's also uh, I'm really happy about is that we're also one of the most uh, the first international team getting in. So because they can they don't really even though we're in Sweden they don't consider uh, the TPH to be necessarily Swedish. So they see us as the first European company starting this program. Um, I think what made it different is I think first my passion and also the, this idea of trying to to change things, uh, making an impact, having like a brand that really is unusual and um, having a real vision of where I want to be. How do you feel as a woman in the Stockholm startup scene? Um, I mean, Sweden has this great reputation for gender equality. It's it's less equal in the tech world. Do you feel as, as supported or as respected launching a fashion app compared with some of the more techie companies that are creating a buzz in Stockholm, maybe around personal finance, jobs or e-health? Um, so I heard a lot of uh, female entrepreneurs here in Stockholm saying like, yeah, I feel like they don't take me serious. And and to me, it's all about the attitude. And um, I, I support um, um, empowering women and everything, but I feel it's all about the attitude and what you fight for and what you believe in and what you stand for. And I think for me, as soon as I believe in what I'm doing, it doesn't matter if I'm a guy or if I'm a girl, I'm just going to do it. And I think people also, it uh, reflects a lot on people and they understand that. Yeah. How worried are you about failure versus success? I mean, the reality is that for for every new startup that succeeds, there's a lot that don't. Well, it is always something that can happen. But if you start already thinking that you need, you might need the plan B, then you will never get <laughs> the plan A to to become a success. So I try, I, try, I try not to think about it and just continue doing what I'm doing and. Yeah, when I was working in Berlin, I was I had really really hard times. Some t- because you know it was a lot of pressure and everything. And, but I felt that those times were actually the one that made me a better person uh, prof- because I've learned a lot how to become more efficient and everything. So every mistakes, every every negative time is actually just for the better. Every experience is worth living it. You've been listening to The Stockholmer, an independent production by Maddie Savage. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget you can follow us on Instagram for behind-the-scenes photos as well as updates on our next shows. Support for this programme came from Universal Avenue. Thanks also to Benoit Daria for production assistance, Simeon Ghost for permission to use their music, and Richard Stevens for designing our logo. Music